What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. We're going to bring you on to our huddle. You are ready. Warriors Huddle with me, Bram. No Marcus, at least in the beginning of this podcast. He's going to be joining us about halfway through. But with me, per usual, my master of all things sound, Maxine. How's it going? And I am crazy. Fired up to announce rejoining us, the former Warriors beat writer for the Bay Area News Group, the current national NBA writer for USA Today, and a man who has covered basketball both inside and out, an NBA bubble, Mr. Mark Medina. What's going on, Mark? Bram, good to talk with you. You know, I'm glad that I made it this far. When I got a late text uh, yesterday saying about time shufflings, I thought, oh, here we go again. I'm- <laughs> getting canceled from so I'm you know glad I'm glad I was able to stay on board and be the the consolation prize since no one else would show up no you know I I appreciate you giving me a transition I wasn't sure how the hell to bring this up good news is we are so fired up to have you Mark bad news is we only have about 35 45 seconds to to get you in the say we, we have a couple of other guests coming right after I I'm not even gonna entertain this joke you bastard I'm not I'm not even gonna entertain it in fact I'm gonna tell you um, normally man I start off these podcasts with a light and easy segment something you know to get the juices flowing today I don't have one of those segments because I was so fired up to get your opinion. What we're going to be doing is dropping predictions for the Warriors that I wanted to jump right into it. So I'm not going to hear any shit about rescheduling. We were excited to have you. Bottom line. All right. I'll take that. And you saw the, uh, before we were recording, the video evidence. My hands looked clean, right? There weren't any, uh, there weren't, (laughs) it wasn't any paint, right? I can finally absolve myself from these erroneous charges that I'm. I, I, your hands, your hands were absolutely clean. But Maxine, back me up on this. I feel like there was flecks of paint all over his face and his shirt, which was which was weird, man. Which that, was absolutely weird. That's true, but just the top half, right? I think Mark, it must be a lot easier to deface some murals when you have to wear a mask outdoors, huh? Oh, and I, I'm going to go out of my way. I'm going to go ahead and say now that LeBron has won a championship in uh, in LA, I don't think Mark is defacing anything. I think there's a good chance well, that Mark you know has what, been championship or not. You know, I got no stakes. But the larger thing is I'm following these uh, California stay-at-home orders, so I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so so that, that video evidence that a listener uh, sent me just last night of you actually drawing a LeBron mural, that was completely fake. That was not you for sure. We know that for sure. 
Fake news. I was someone else. I knew it. I knew it. Uh, Jokes aside, man. So I've already kind of teased it. We are going to be dropping predictions on the season this year. Kind of an interesting season. A lot of different ways it could go, and I can't wait to hear your takes. Some logistics. Let's get it out of the way and then jump in. Logistic number one. Mark, I am a sick You know that. You've known that way before you joined today. There's a lot of reasons. One of them is I like stakes, man. I like competition. Even if it's like the stupidest thing of all time, if I find myself in a public bathroom and I'm pissing at a urinal and with a, with a stranger, I try to piss longer than that person. I, I for whatever wow. reason, You've literally gone into pissing matches with people. That's exactly right. And I say this as a backdrop for, so predictions are going to be great anyways, but I want stakes for this. So our first piece of logistics our boy, Matty Stats, is out there listening. He will be writing down all of our guesses, and he's going to let us know how we did at the back end of the year. So these aren't just predictions, man. These are predictions with a winner, which I really like. Uh, and then secondly, let me underline this, even though I said it. This isn't a random appearance by you, man. I always love having you. You're always welcome. But I handpicked you for this one. And it's for the reasons I already said. You covered this team. You know who the hell the Warriors are and what their culture are or culture is. But you have also now separated yourself out a little bit. So you have some objectivity. Um, and we need both of them. Let's jump in, boys. And it's kind of a doozy. So... There's open questions about the Warriors left and right next year, but one of those uh, issues hopefully isn't too open. It's who's going to be the heart and soul of the Warriors' offense. It's Steph Curry. For his career, Mark, Steph has averaged 23.5 points per game. The highest he has ever scored over a full year was uh, 30.1. I think that was in the 2016 season. So my question to you is this. Over under points per game for Steph Curry next year, I put the number at 28.5. What do you got? Oh, I think it's definitely the over. Um, I think that, you know, Steve Kerr has said on these conference calls, he's not going to be playing Steph Curry 40 minutes. Oh, man, what happened? Steph Curry or Steve Kerr did not say, said on these conference calls, he's not going to be, um, he's not going to be playing Steph Curry 40 minutes a night, but you know, he, sh- he should soften some Warrior fans' frustrations about how he uses Steph over the years, that he's going to unleash him a little bit, allow him to run more pick and roll. Everything's on the table. It's not just the, you know, move the ball, team culture, strength and numbers. And I think because of, you know, the tough situation that the Warriors are in of, of having no Clay Thompson for the season, I think there's going to be a larger dependency on Steph, number one, but also number two, uh, I think more creative thinking. Uh, to allow all options on the table. Let the record reflect that we now apparently have Mazda as a sponsor to the show. So I'm really fired. Welcome, welcome yeah, aboard, Mazda. Cool. Yeah, you're, no, you're getting you're getting the bag, Bram. Dude, we are moving. We are moving right up the ranks. Um, I am going to take the over as well. Uh, and in fact, on good authority, I have it. They're changing the slogan from strength and numbers to just strength and Steph. Uh, you know, it, it is what it is. <laughs> but I, I don't think there's any. I mean, you know, it, it doesn't take a crystal ball to assume what they're going to be doing on the offensive end, and it's going to be giving it to Steph and you know not getting out of the way but hopefully developing an offense that takes advantage of his unique talent so yeah I'll, I'll take the over um I'm hoping somewhere close to 30 Maxime are you uh, making it a clean sweep hell yeah man I think he's gonna go above 30 for the season um here's an, one I'm I'm excited to see what you guys say so the over under gentlemen the number is zero here's the question 
How many Payne fans will attend an NBA game in person this year? Mark, what do you think? You're asking how many how many fans total around the league? Yeah, will will they allow Payne fans to come in at some point? You know, we're we're starting this year. I would imagine all the franchises are going to be in a pseudo bubble. There's going to be people like beat writers and other people who work in the NBA who will attend games. But at least up front, we're not going to have fans. Do you think that'll change? Do, do you, at some point will they have crowds again? Yes. Well, I think it's it's going to be continued on the vaccine, but I think it's going to be widely distributed before the season's over. So, yes, uh, to your question, there will be fans. Now, how many? That I'm not sure. But even now, the Utah Jazz uh, announced for the regular season, even pre-vaccine, that they're going to be allowing a certain amount of fans in huh. the lower bowl. The Memphis Grizzlies uh, mentioned some similar ideas, 20% capacity capacity your land of magic so there might be a handful of teams that even do a pre-vaccine but you're talking you know a very small proportion that can fill the arena because they're going to do all the, the social distancing and all that uh stuff um but i think i think that it'll be distributed not that i'm a health expert by any means but i've talked to people because the nba is trying to pull this off i think that it'll be distributed by april and then that will set themselves up for fans to get in the building toward the tail end of the season and for the playoffs. You do, in fact, work for Pfizer, too, right? I just forgot to put that into the, <laughs> into the intro. Would you go, Mark? So, I mean, obviously, you're going to have a chance before any of us. Um, you've got credentials. You could show up. Uh, so, like, let's say if USA Today sends you to a Utah game early on here. Um, 20% of these seats are, in fact, filled. Do you have any problem showing up, or it is what it is? Um. I don't have as I, I'm based in LA, so I don't have as much concern about going to arena, an arena per se, as opposed to like, okay, what's the cost risk of flying? So, say that uh, we get out of the stay-at-home orders and there's not a vaccine, and there is a benefit for me actually being there because right now everything's done virtually. Yeah. So if there's some sort of added advantage of being there, and there's testing involved. Uh, but there's not a vaccine. I would be comfortable going to Staples Center because I'm a 10 minute walk from the sure. arena. Yep. I'd be comfortable making the five hour drive to spend the night up in San Francisco to go to Chase Center and in Sacramento. But that that's probably it. I want to be comfortable flying anywhere until there's a vaccine. I've been thinking of you guys. In fact, I was talking to your boy Connor about this um, earlier this week, but just how your job has changed and some of the opportunities that's been taken away from you with COVID. I mean, I, I've had the luck of being able to attend a couple of Warriors practices, but that's a misnomer, right? When, when you go to a Warriors practice, you don't actually watch the practice. What happens is they invite you to the facility. The practice is behind closed doors, and then when the practice ends, they open up those doors, the media comes in, and ostensibly, supposedly, it's so that you can go over to this podium, wait for the Warriors to select somebody, and then you can ask that person questions. But when you come into that room, what's happening is there's all these individual workouts going on. And what that place is is a smorgasbord of stories. You know, when I went in and KD was on the team, KD would occasionally have personal workouts over on Steph's court and you'd watch them have shoot arounds. And it, you know, it's the stuff of like pay-per-view and the idea that that has been taken from you guys. I mean, of course you can cover them virtually. You have these zoom calls, but you don't get to go in and just kind of look around how they're interacting sucks. 
I would imagine. But uh, I digress. Um, I wouldn't go, man. So I was thinking about that. I've got season tickets to the Warriors. The Warriors have been really aggressive in trying to reopen. They spent tens of thousands of dollars on a filtration service for Chase, and they are uh, ready and willing to test everybody coming out, and they have these new tests that give rapid results. But even with that setting, I'm not sure I show up, man. Um, one side, like even though I'm an early adopter, like I am that guy who will go out and wait for a PlayStation 5. I don't need to be an early adopter for uh, health concerns, right? And if I'm banking on the vaccine, I wouldn't mind a couple of months going by before I, uh, I know for sure that vaccine is working. But then the logistics. So even if they have this test, and they can test everybody coming through, and it's rapid results. Let's say it's 10 minutes. If they limit it to 50% capacity, we're still talking like 10,000 people. 10,000 people with a 10-minute wait every single time to get into arena? That sounds like a nightmare, Mark. I, I oh, prefer yeah. just watch at the house. You know, like, that is, you'd have to get there like three hours early. So, I don't know, man. Hard pass for me. I'm, I'm excited to have Hoop back, but I don't know about in-person Hoop right now. Yeah, and uh, just think of the cost benefit. I mean, I know Joe Joe Lakeup, the Warriors majority owner, was telling uh, Ramona Shelburne from ESPN that you know they're paying this out of their own pocket. It's the cost of doing business, but they also see the health benefits. But in some way, you know, this is just business one hundred and one. The money eventually, exactly. in some way, shape, or form, returns to the customer. And so you're talking from you know a customer standpoint, like what's how much am I willing to pay just to see a Warriors game when I'm going to have to deal with the danger of being there, the inconvenience and wait time? It, it's not a lot of easy answers. And so I think to your point, the rapid test results, I mean, you have to talk about a minute as opposed to 10 minutes or even closer, like shorter than that, like 30 seconds. Exactly. You know? Yep. That's exactly Especially when right. you're talking. It's one thing to, you know, for myself, like if media members have to wait a few minutes to get to the building, well, that's just a handful of people. But if you're talking about 5,000 fans or 10,000 fans, I mean, that's just a lot of people that are just standing around. And then if we're, we're supposed to be social distancing, like that's going to be a problem as well. Yep. No, you're right. You're right. I get pissy when I have to wait like at the bank and they take my temperature, man. And that, that reading comes back in like eight seconds. So I'm not sure for me, Maxime, would you roll? Uh, and take the cost out. Let's say somebody literally hands you two tickets, lower bowl, Warriors, would you go? Yeah, no, I would not. Um, cost aside, it, even if I was a millionaire, the thing is, is in addition to the waiting around for 10 minutes, that's a lot of time in between test and possible in reinfection. You know, what, what are they going to do? Quarantine every single person so that nobody can touch anybody during those 10 minutes? It's just impossible. Not to mention the, the way that we've been handling um, the COVID outbreak, I guess more nationwide than in California. When somebody tells me that a vaccine is 95% effective, that's still a 5% chance that it's not going to work. Um, so there's just all, it's fraught with all sorts of issues. And I agree with you. I'm going to be much more comfortable watching from my couch. Yeah, the, this is only tangentially related, but uh, I had nobody else to tell it, so I'll tell you. Did you guys see the Des Bryant thing that he that he tested? It was inconclusive. He's out there literally warming up on the field, surrounded by NFL players. The test then comes back positive, uh, and they take him off the field but allow the game to be played. I feel lucky 
to be watching the NBA as opposed to the NFL. I mean, that idea, unless they know something, unless the only time that COVID is not contagious is when you are warming up for an NFL game, then like, what the hell are they doing? How could they have, uh, how could they have treated it that way? But that means nothing. Let me ask you, uh, Mark, this instead. Give me one thing you think Warriors fans should be excited for next year and one thing we should be a little worried about. Well, you should be excited for the playoffs because I still think they're a playoff team. Let's go, you Mark. Yes. And Raymond Green. Uh, you know, I'm not placating you enough to say, oh, yeah, the Warriors are still going to be a championship contender. Like, <laughs> I, I don't have that Bay Area cool in me. But, yeah, I think they're a playoff team. So you you can look forward to them getting to the first round. The thing that they should be worried about is um, I think the it goes without saying, just the health and safety of everyone and you know every nba team is going to be dealing with covid and uh there's going to be guys in and out of the lineup and as you guys know you know two players tested positive they don't say who and i think it's good for me journalistically not to say anything until someone says it official from their mouth because you got to respect privacy and accuracy but for what it's worth you know warriors coach steve kerr has said that you know, Draymond Green hasn't been in practice. James Wiseman hasn't been in practice. You know, Wiseman's been clear to watch practice from a balcony. Draymond hasn't been there. So, you know, you can connect the dots. And that's kind of the unfortunate reality that the Warriors are going to have to go through as well as, yep. as everyone else this year. Yeah, I don't know if you have to be a forensic scientist to figure out who it was who tested positive, you know. Uh, and I, I respect your your HIPAA release respect, so I won't dig too deep into it. Um I'll keep mine general, man. What am I excited for? Mark, I'm excited to have the Warriors back in my life. It's with the bubble and everything else that went down. I haven't had any form of Warriors hoop for months. And if we include last year as just kind of a throwaway, because we didn't have any of our favorite characters in our favorite TV show, I haven't had them in my life for, you know, 16 months or something. So what am I excited for? Being able to watch Steph Curry, my favorite athlete perhaps of all time, back on the floor, just as a straightforward proposition. What am I worried about? Injuries, man, lack of chemistry, um, even what you just talked about with Draymond and Wiseman missing games, or I'm sorry, missing training camp right up front. This team already has some chemistry concerns. They're going to be folding in a brand new defensive scheme. You know, the the idea that two main cogs are not there and how that could impact the rest of the season shows we're not super deep. You know, so if there's any major injuries, this year could get ugly really quickly. Um, Maxime, let me direct you towards a question and push it a different way. So. I've been reading all about the training camp, right? And one of the things we've heard, and I'll go so far as to say kind of surprisingly, is that Kerr's goals for this year include having a top 10 defense. And, you know, they they are more athletic. They have more length this year. So over under uh, 10, you know, will the, in fact, take away the over under, will the Warriors have a top 10 defense next year? Man, it I it's hard to imagine. I really want to believe that they would and you know, I saw reports that Wiggins um has a renewed vigor for the defensive end, but like I just I don't think that the players that um have existed for beyond one season in the NBA uh 
have proven their worth. You know, we lost Clay, unfortunately, who's a big stalwart on defense, and I don't know exactly how we're going to make that up. So that's a, a long-winded way of saying no. I don't think they're going to have a top ten defense. Mark, you agree? Completely agree. I mean, Draymond can cover all five positions on the court, but he can't do that all at once. Um, and as you guys saw last year, you know, there's only so much he can do when the roster's diminished. But I think that he's going to reinvigorate his season, but it goes beyond him. I like James Wiseman's potential, but that's going to be a learning curve throughout the season. Yep. And then when I look at the rest of the depth chart, I think Wiggins will be a good defender and he's going to be more engaged here. But when I look at the rest of the depth chart, I just don't see those defensive stalwarts uh, that will get them into a top 10. But I will say that the comfort, the relative comforting thing for Warriors fans is I think that they're going to be engaged defensively. I don't think that any struggles they have on that end of the floor is going to be because of a lack of effort or guys just trying to get their numbers. It's just a talent deficiency. But I think in a lot of ways, effort does go a long way in in reducing some of that gap because of team communication and hustle in the NBA. It it is a skill. Yeah, I'm I'm with you. Um, Hoop stands out to me from other sports for a lot of different reasons. One of them is that talent alone doesn't get you to where you want to be. It certainly doesn't get you to the top 10 in any category. You know, someone like baseball um, or tennis, because it's individual, talent might be enough to win in the sport. But for hoop, it requires talent and chemistry. You got to know how to work with one another and how your skills kind of mesh. It's like music in that way. So can I squint really hard? and see the length and athleticism and, you know, the talent in Golden State at some point creating a top 10 defense? Sure. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm willing to say that. Mark, we're not two weeks removed before uh, or from me saying that Wiggins is going to average more than 25 points. Uh, <laughs> I dropped into this microphone. So I'm not above unnecessary optimistic takes, but I think the chemistry is what's going to keep them from it, at least this year. Um, they just don't know how to play with one another well enough. So top 10's probably... Not realistic. Uh, Mark, we put together personal over-unders. Um, and let me give you mine. So I uh, might be a little bit too optimistic when I do this podcast. So at any point this year, Mark and Maxime needs to say, I want your take too. Will I convince myself that the clay injury was in fact actually really good for both he and the Warriors, all things considered? I think the I think it's the under it's it's no. I think that even though you're optimistic, you're also a rational fan. So I think what's <laughs> going to be happening is you're going to have you're going to have all these moments throughout the season where it reminds you of why you miss Clay. Like you're going to see a bulldog walking outside. It's like oh that reminds me of Rocco. Oh, <laughs> like Clay Thompson's out for the year, and then you're going to watch a Warrior game and you're going to oh man that that guy who's lighting up the Warriors, man, someone really needs to stop him. Oh, wait, Clay could have done that, but he's out for the year. Oh, man, (laughs) Steph Curry is getting double-teamed a lot. Like, if only he had help, Clay could have helped him, but he's out for the year. I think you're going to have those repeated flashpoints of on-the-court reminders and then off-the-court reminders of seeing a bulldog or seeing a toaster or 
anything else that reminds you of Coy. <laughs> that answer broke my heart a little bit. Maxime, what do you think? Is he right or am I that irrational? <laughs> I think he's right. I don't know. I, before I heard Mark's answer, I, I might have been swung to say that it was possible, but I think it's a good point. You know, I, I, the ceiling that I'm hearing across all pundits is like a five seed. And that's just, you know, I think the ceiling for the Warriors um, with Clay. Like they could have won uh, in the Western Conference. So I think everything, no matter how rosy it looks at any point in the season, it will never be as rosy as it could have been with Clay. And I think there's going to constantly be reminders of that. I mean, I hope you guys are right, only because it paints the picture of an actually sane person. Um, I, I, having lived, you know, with myself my entire life, I can tell you <laughs> that. If Clay lost both of his legs, there's at least a, I don't know, two, three percent chance I could find some rosy silver lining about why it helps the Warriors. So we'll find out. I mean, if I had to guess, I'm going to guess no, but I will be honest. I promise that if at any point I do actually feel that way, I am going to drop it in this mic. Uh, Mark, there was a period of time when Draymond Green and the term triple-double were almost uh, synonyms. You know, it was the go-to stat to show his versatility. And, and, you know, we, we looked forward to them. Last year, that wasn't necessarily the case. In fact, Draymond had two um, throughout the year. Over under 3.5, how many triple doubles will Draymond Green have next year? Oh, I think he'll have, I think he'll have five triple doubles. I love it. Why? Well, uh, I think Draymond's going to be healthy. I think he's going to be engaged. I'm, I don't think he's going to be a substantially better three-point shooter, but I think that there's going to be a few games here or there where you're like, what the F, Draymond? Why are you taking that shot? Oh, wait, that was a really good shot. It went <laughs> in. But it'll be few and far between, but I think that there will be some of those nice feel-good moments. But I think – That's the Andre you know, Iguodala schedule. The no, yeah, no, 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 yes – I think I think with Draymond, like I think he's going to have a successful season, but and for the most part, it will make the team successful. But because of his limitations, the team isn't always going to be successful. If that makes sense. But this whole narrative that he's getting older and he's disengaged, like that, was, I really, really think was a once in a season thing where the team had their worst record, like after being in the finals for five straight years. Like Steph gets. Hurt four games of the year like clay's out for the whole year durant left like it was a perfect storm i think that he is motivated he you know he, he is coming with a clean bill of health and a, a lot of skills to be able to to rectify all those things i'd say over um i so i believe in his role in this offense i believe in draymond's continued skill set exactly what you were just saying and i believe in the draymond green f- you tour you know, he, he got stuck with a team that was trying to lose last year, and his main role was to tutor people and stay healthy. And then pundits and fans used that to denigrate him, to suggest that his career was over. I think Draymond would openly tell you right now, if he was on this mic, that he heard that, that he read it, and that he's motivated from it. Um, and so you put those ingredients together, and I think we have a, uh, a Draymond Green triple-double cake. I'm on board. Uh, what do you think, Maxine? You over? Yep, yep. And this is exactly why I think the Warriors are going to do better than some of the John Hollinger 14th seed predictions would 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 indicate because I think it's not just Draymond. I think there's a couple of other people on the Warriors that are just as interested in proving people wrong. 
If you just want to say f*** you to John Hollinger, you can, Maxime. I mean, you know you have an open mic, man. Did you That's want to do really that nice. Thank no? you so much. Yeah, yeah f*** you, John Hollinger. There you go. Nice. <laughs> nice. Bram, are you going to do that as well? Uh, later. I actually have a full f*** you, John Hollinger segment, but I don't want to rush it. Um, instead, Mark, I'll ask you this. What team will James Harden be playing for when the playoffs roll around? That's a really good question. Um, I, I mean, I... Man, I don't mean to be a cop out, but I'm in this weird purgatory with him because I can't see how he plays with the Rockets, but I can't see which other team picks him up. If that makes sense, yeah, sure. Um, and you know, he's saying all these he's he's listing all these destinations that you know, unless they're going to get rid of their whole roster to get him. You know, I'm going to go chalk the Philadelphia 76ers. Daryl Morey's there. There was some redundancy with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons as far as just their on-court dynamic. I think Daryl Morey will find a way to, you know, make that deal happen to reunite with Harding because, they, they, you know, they, they have a lot of love together there. This uh, is me speaking this into existence. Um, uh, this was a trick question, Mark. The answer is he won't be playing in the playoffs. I, I think they're going to keep his ass in Houston. I, if if I was Steven Silas, if I'm that GM, um, especially if I'm that owner and I've done nothing but cater to this guy and I don't have to trade him now because he's not coming up, I'm keeping him all year and I hope to God that's exactly what they do. Now, this this is a fan take. It, it's not a objective take because objectively speaking, now that he has broadened the teams he's willing to go to, we're here in Milwaukee, we're here in Philly, we're still here in Brooklyn. If he's willing to to consider all these other options, then chances are they're going to come up with uh, with some trade package. But that's what I'm hoping for. Maxine, let me change the question. If you were in an environment and you knew that everybody was super pissy and resentful for you, right? Because right now, Houston's got to hate Harden. He didn't show up for training camp. He's openly saying, I do not want to play for you. If you were hardened in that environment, could you produce? Like, could you show up and still be elite, or would it f- with you a little bit because of who you are personally? Man, if I was hardened, the thing is, it would probably make me produce better because I would just go more into ISO, more into like <laughs> f- everybody else, and I'm just gonna get mine. How about you? If it was you and not hardened, like just if if you're in an environment where people don't like you, would that affect your performance, or would you be able to shake it off? Hmm, that's that's a more interesting question. I think it would really bother me. Uh, I, I think it would be an untenable situation. I would not be able to shake it off. I've had scenarios where I thought strangers didn't like me for like five or six seconds, and I was mm-hmm. so distracted by their opinion, it really, really, uh, it, it continued to affect my performance. Absolutely. So it would definitely bother me. Mark, you strike me as a guy who it wouldn't bother. You would be aware of it. Um, and would acknowledge it maybe, but I don't think if other people disliked you that it would prevent you from doing your best work. Am I right? Wow, you're you're a good psychologist here. Um, <laughs> I don't want to overstate it because you know this. I have a lot of respect for him, so I'm not trying to compare myself with his personality. Well, I am a little bit of his personality, but not his body of work. But I do. You have similar personality traits as Steve Kerr, where, you know, I have a lot of broad interests and, you know, I'm easy to get along with, but I also have that like F you mentality. And especially if something snaps. And also for me, it is not 
like emotionally driven it is not oh my gosh like you know that just it just snapped it it's also it's re it comes from a place of reason and so because of that I'm, I get to the point where I don't give a you know what if I do that because I, I feel justified with doing that. And I also never care if like someone likes me or, yep. or is uncomfortable, like whatever. I love that. So I would totally be able to work with that environment. I would just use, you know, that annoyance and the channeling into FU performances. Professionally, I'm actually good at that. If if you put me into an FU setting, I yeah. can do that immediately. Personally, my God, I'm a pleaser, Mark. Um, this happened this morning, so I'm I'm working back in the city. Uh, I'm over in downtown, and my office has an underground parking lot. And so I parked my car in there and took the elevator up. And on my way to the elevator, I passed a stranger and did a facial expression, like a head nod to say, what's up? You know, we didn't, didn't say a word. I don't know that person. The eye contact was probably less than 30 seconds. Mark, when I got into the office, first thing I did is I went into the bathroom and did that facial expression to myself in the mirror to see how ridiculous <laughs> I looked, literally. And I was like, oh, that looked kind of stupid. So I, who knows how I would handle it in Houston. Uh, Marcus, perfect transition. Welcome aboard. We missed you. Uh, what's your personality type, man? If so, what we are talking about is Harden right now is in a scenario where people very obviously dislike him. If you were there in a in a setting where people hated you, could you still perform? Um, probably not as well as I needed to. It, it it's hard. I mean, I, I feel like I would feed off of the positive energy from the home crowd. I'd be one of those players who does really well at home and not so well on the road. So if every environment I went into was like a road environment that people just hated me, I probably would, my numbers and averages would, would dwindle a little bit. Hey, Brown, you don't mind me interjecting and adding here though. Like I am also like a self-aware person. And so I would never do what Harden's doing with how he's handling this. And so if I was in that environment where you have to, you know, what you effed up, like you got to, mend fences and take accountability i would totally do that like that is i i would do but say i were james's teammate or a front office member and you're annoyed with having to work with them you just you know use that to fuel the fu mentality and then right you just align yourself with other people that are cooler so you don't have to worry about someone else who's petty and has negative energy yeah, I mean, I, I, there's got to be, you know, the, the perfect response probably is somewhere in the middle, right? Something tells me James Harden is not recreating facial expressions in the mirror to see if he bothered anybody. Uh, gentlemen, let me give you a number. 3.5. Let's give it a question. Over, under, how many clipboards will Steve Kerr break throughout the regular season? MT, why don't you go first? Under. I think he's... He's, he doesn't have a team quite as young as last season's or and quite as veteran savvy and you should know better as two seasons, three seasons ago when the clipboards started breaking at first. So I think this team is right in the middle. Um, and I, I don't think that works with this group. Um, I think that's a better tactic for a team that knows better and can should be playing better than they were playing at times. So I think it's definitely under, I think he breaks one just to kind of fulfill the fact that that's his, his stick now. But um, I think it, it's only one for the season. 
these guys seem like self-motivators, right? I mean, this, this team seems like the kind of group who will bring their own effort. So I don't know if Kerr's going to have to like smash plastic in order to get their minds back in the game. Um, so yeah, I'll take the, the under as well, but I, I agree with you. I think it's more than zero. I think we see at least, uh, some clipboard shards fly. Uh, Mark, what do you got? I'm under as well because of what you guys said. Um, and if you look at the history of what's provoked him to break the clipboard, a lot of it has to do with the lack of effort. And you saw that at times during the championship run because, you know, that's just the dog days of the NBA season. So he was getting annoyed with that. The other thing is he would break a clipboard is if he was just getting really upset with the officials. But I think because of what's going on in the world in 2020, I think Steve's going to try to be more compassionate toward officials nice. and everyone because it's like, you know what, uh, let's keep it all in perspective. It's a game. So I don't think you're, I don't think you're going to have any clipboard breaking because he's upset with a call. Well, and you and Kerr are personality twins, right? So you can tell us exactly how this thing's going to play out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The, the over <laughs> The exact number is something at once, and that's it. <laughs> Maxime, I'm going to change the question for you. So, Kelly Oubre, we were excited for his addition for a lot of reasons. One of them is what we keep calling the dog in him. You know, he's not uh, afraid to mix it up. So, will there be an instance at some point this year during the regular season where Oubre has to be separated from an opposing player? Of course. Yeah, without a doubt. I, I mean, he had that issue with Draymond in seasons past, right? I think there are other people that are uh, as instigating as Draymond in the league. I can totally see it happening. Mark, do you agree? And perhaps more importantly, why should Warrior fans be juiced to have Uber on the team? Well, the same reasons why Warrior fans didn't like Cal Oubre is the same reason, <laughs> the reasons why they should like him now that he's on the team. I think that he's one of those players that you dislike as an opponent, but like as a teammate. Um, and I think that he's going to bring an extra edginess that the Warriors lost after, you know, they lost some of their championship veterans uh, and sure. only Draymond had. And I think that Draymond will, you know, I think encourage him to be who he is while also encouraging guys like Andrew Wiggins and some of the other young players to play with an edge as well. Do you guys think you could beat Nate Robinson in a fight? So I, I'm, I'm sure that none of us actually watched the fight itself. I'm equally sure we've all seen the highlight of Jake Paul knocking the shit out of, uh, of Nate Robinson. So you don't have to give me like the full breakdown. But do you think you could take him down? And for point of reference, I asked this to Connor last week. Connor said yes. Uh, with his reach, what? he thought he could no, take him. No. That's, what, that's what he said. Okay. There's no other way Connor could do that. <laughs> I'm just reporting it. Also, I would love to put you and Connor in a ring, Mark, if, if we can work out some kind of pay-per-view. But for, for you guys, could you take down Nate Robinson? I'll go first and make it fast. F no, absolutely not. I couldn't beat Nate Robinson's shoes in a fight, man. I can't fight. So, no, that, that would not happen for me. How about this? If I was in that fight, Nate Robinson would be Jake Paul and I would be Nate Robinson. Now, if I was in a fight with Connor... I would be Jake Paul and he'd be Nate Robinson. This is incredible. This Shots is fired. absolutely, oh Love my it. God. This might be my favorite podcast we've ever taped. I, I might, this might be it. The huddle's done. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. We have reached peak huddle. Um, I, I, we cannot provide you better content. Uh, Marcus, what do you think? What do you got on Nate Rob? Uh, nothing. You, 
no, I would absolutely lose. I mean, the fact that you saw him get knocked out like that was tragic for his reputation. But um, Nate Robinson is an extreme athlete. He is a professional athlete. He jumps over people. He won a dunk contest for a reason. He multiple sport. He was extremely good in football. Like just because you saw that happen doesn't mean you can step in the ring. Like Connor is way off base. He he does not want to step in the ring with Nate Robinson. Nate Robinson versus Connor Letourneau would look like Little Mac versus Glass Joe. You know, I mean, <laughs> he would have to jump. Like, yeah, there would be a height disparity, but he'd also get knocked the f- out because he's Glass Joe. Maxime, what do you think, man? Are you the lone guy? No way, uh, man. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, I don't think that there's, like Marcus said, these are professional athletes. Like, I don't care what sport they're doing. I'm not. How about Connor? Could you take him out? Don't answer that. Uh, we, we have to maintain our relationship with Connor instead. Let's go to another personal one. Um, Maxime, what is your uh, personal prediction question? Wow. Well, um, I, uh, I already... Um, I almost wanted to call out earlier because you said versatility and not versatility. And I was yeah, like, hmm, yeah. is that actually correct? That. Thanks. Thanks for going back to that. I, I really appreciate that. I, I was really hoping that we could go through all of the shortcomings of the episode. So there's one. Fantastic. Well, conveniently enough, you know, <laughs> I, I was going to say, I think it's a, it's a question of how many times am I going to deploy a polysyllabic word um, improperly, but it might actually be better to, to figure out how many times I'm going to try to correct Bram on a, on an improper use of a word or an, at least an improper pronunciation, uh, I'm going to have to set the line at eight. Yeah, I take the over on both. On both. And I'll know, I would like you to know that I'm showing remarkable versatility in that uh, in particular <laughs> answer. Go for yourself. <laughs> MT, what do you think? Over, under eight on unnecessarily large words from uh, Mr. Stinnett. We'll go over. Yeah. Way over or just him. right about? No, just a slightly over, but definitely over. Good money is on the over just because he's, he's good for pulling out a, a multi-syllabic word every now and then. Uh, Mark, you don't have as much experience with uh, Maxime's big uh, word usage, but you do know just how petty I can be. How much do you think it bothered me that he just busted out? How? In fact, you know what? Let me do it a different way. You have incredible radio experience. Good content <laughs> that he called me out on the versatility thing or unnecessary? Great content. Oh, Great Mark. Content. Embrace <laughs> the bid. Embrace conflict. Gentlemen, who will be in the Eastern Conference Finals? Oof. Should I go, go first? Or sure. you guys? Yeah. Uh, I, th- I think it's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, you know, I think they're going to figure out all their shortcomings these last two years. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Miami gets back, but I think Giannis is going to have a better postseason showing. And then the Brooklyn Nets, I have a lot of confidence in Steven Ash, confidence in Kevin Durant. I don't have confidence in Kyrie Irving, so they're going to achieve that. Uh, did you see the thing recently from Kyrie, by the way? Um, yes. Yeah, okay, and so for anybody who didn't, Kyrie, instead of showing up to his first press um, availability, instead had a written statement uh, that kind of acknowledged, look, this year is different. 2020 is going to call for a lot of different things. And this is how I'm going to be approaching my media availability. Mark, as a uh, former beat writer, as a current national writer, would that piss you off? Like when, when you saw that, did you accept it or did it bother you a little bit? Well, it bothered me, but not for what you think of, oh, like this media member, like he didn't show up to the press conference. I think it just reeks of unprofessionalism, number one. 
Number two, it puts his teammates and coaches in positions to answer questions about him. Number three, it sparks like this conversation of, oh, we have to understand Kyrie and he's misunderstood. No, you're enabling dumb behavior. And four, he's using a pandemic as an excuse, which is complete BS. I was on a conference call last week with Carl Anthony Towns, Minnesota Timberwolves. He lost his mother to COVID. He lost six other family members and he talked openly about it. And like, I'm not, I I wasn't expecting him to do that, but the fact that he did that, like that was a lot of respect toward him, not to like placate media responsibilities, but more of lending a voice to those that have suffered here. And so for him to use that as a tragedy, like, I'm sorry, like that is complete BS. That's a great take. You're absolutely right. Um, I will mimic Milwaukee for all the reasons you said. I'll flip the other team. Um, I Doc Rivers has shortcomings, but he also has some real upsides. And one of them is being able to go into a franchise and kind of revive the talents there. So I think Philly is going to be the other side of that Eastern Conference Finals. MT, who's your pick? Yeah, I think that's a good call. Um, uh, I'm with Mark on the BS of... Kyrie and the media thing but um, that's a side note I think it's going to be Philly and Boston and I think the storylines of Doc Rivers going up against Boston will um, write themselves and be a good narrative for the NBA to push as well give us your personal over under MT what's uh, what's the prediction question for you Uh, my prediction question is over under three times is the number of times I change my answer on who will win the championship this season. Hard over, hard over. (laughs) You may hit that number today. I feel like if I asked you three times in a row, you'd give us three teams. I'm going hard over. Maxine? (laughs) Yeah, over. I feel like we could even switch that around for the conference finals too. There's there's a lot of of wiggling happening. Uh, Mark, instead of making you take a shot, at MT, uh, let me make you take a shot at Laker fans. Over under 30,000, how many times will fans across the league suddenly remember how much they hate Laker fans? <laughs> I think the over. But you know what? I know that this isn't the right venue to do it, but I just speak my mind. I think that the vast majority of Laker fans get a bad rap. Oh, wrong venue. Out. Nope, wrong venue for this. <laughs> hear, hear me out, though, Bram. The, the, all the stereotypes that you talk about of, hey, they're bandwagoners, they're flaky, they're obnoxious, that is the very vocal 1%. The, mo- the vast majority of Laker fans I've come across at games and just email, they're longtime Angelinos. They've been with the franchise for a while. They don't just root for the stars. They appreciate the role players. And I think – and you might not like hearing this, but there's a lot of similarities that Laker fans have to Warrior fans where – Did you say like, I might? I might not like hearing this? No, <laughs> dude, I do not like hearing this. So, so like, some there's the stereotype for Warrior fans, like, since the championship run, you have the techie crowd and whatever, but the, the real Warrior fans are the ones that have been with them through thick and thin, and I think that that's what Laker fans have been as well. They've been through the championship runs, but when they were – going through the rebuilding years, they understood the process and it's about development, but it would get overshadowed by the very vocal minority that would ruin it for everyone. To be fair to Laker fan, which is not what I'd like to do at all, but 
So, I mean, I, I've had a lot of experience with Laker fans, decades of experience with Laker fans, but my decades of experience have all been with Bay Area Laker fan. I don't have almost any experience with L.A.-based Laker fans. So almost by definition, these are all bandwagon fans in my life. And that's the problem I have with them, Mark, because when the Lakers are good, they are the biggest Laker fans on the face of the earth. They're considering facial Laker tattoos. When they are bad, they pretend like they're not even NBA fans. And in fact, perfect setup. So, boys, I need your guys' take. I am, I am literally right now lightweight, passive-aggressive fighting with a good friend of mine. So... I went to law school with a friend. He is from Sacramento, um, but grew up as a Laker fan. And, you know, way back in the 2000s, he talked about the Lakers nonstop. Then he uh, put down roots over here. He has become a Bay Area resident. And somewhere around the beginning of the Warriors dynasty, he bought, along with a group of other people, Warriors season tickets. And while the Warriors were good, he didn't, he didn't, to his credit, he never really talked to me about the Warriors as a Warrior fan. You know, he never came out and said, how are we going to do or anything like that. But he also never talked about the Lakers while the Warriors were going to the finals. You know, if, if we talked hoop at all, we talked about Golden State. Now, gentlemen, if basketball gets brought up at all, it's the Lakers immediately and it's all we even though he scratched off a five-figure check to the Warriors for a PSL as a season ticket holder, he still now you know, talks nothing but Lakers. So here's the question. Appropriate? You know, can I give him shit and say, look, once you've come out of pocket, paid for season tickets for the Warriors, and stopped talking about the Lakers for a while, you can't f***ing go back, man. Or is he, you know, does he have some leeway here? Are you allowed to do that because he lives in this area now and, you know, is free to buy tickets to whomever he pleases? My opinion, he's not a Laker fan. Banish him. <laughs> I love that. MT, what's your opinion? Is this right? Wrong? I mean, think this out for me. I mean, I side with Mark. I, I think my passion for being a Warriors fan kind of trumps it and it makes me feel like he can't do that. But um, I will take all casual fans of the NBA right now until we get um, the league back up in terms of numbers. So, um, yeah, I don't think he should do it. Though. It's, it's, it's a little aggressive going we right out the bat. As soon as they're good again. I feel like if you've attended a finals game on tickets you've paid for for another team, you can no longer go back to that old team you you turned your back on. You know what I mean? Like this, there's no way that during those playoff games or during any of the games that he attended, he wasn't standing up and cheering for the Warriors' incredible success. The minute that happened, the minute his ass left the seat, the minute he put on one of those yellow shirts, he, he can still be a, a Laker fan, but he can't use the f***ing word we. He cannot. Maxime, where are you at? It's a great point. Did you say he's from Sacramento? Yeah. Yes, which is another kind of a bonus, dude. Like, come on. Okay, first of all, there's literally an NBA team in that city. I know a lot of people forget about the Kings, but they that had a rivalry. That had a rivalry with the Lakers, you know, Thank like in you. 2000. Yes. Yes. Okay. Is are there any is there any other team in the league that brings people from other cities? <laughs> 
to them like the Lakers. It's obnoxious. There's nobody else that does it. It's fine if you're from Switzerland or whatever, but if you live in a state, especially in a city that has a team, I'm totally out on that. I think that's bull. Guys, I was covering the Warriors for two years. There were so many Warrior fans on the road as well. Yeah, but I hated those guys too, Mark. I, we had we had an entire segment called "You Are Smarter Than a Bandwagon Fan." So, that's, I, I, so that was my whole point. You have the stronger segment from both Laker and Warriors, the homegrown. You know, for better and for worse, we're with you. You know, through the good times and the bad times, and the and the bandwagoners and the bandwagoners were not actually true fans of either of those teams. So, Mark, I mean this as a real question. I know that you've already answered it, but I also know that this gentleman listens. And in fact, I'm going to make sure he listens to this one. So, as a person who has covered the league generally for years, the, the, the Lakers specifically, as a guy who is living in Los Angeles right now, can this gentleman call himself a Laker fan? I don't think he can call himself a Laker fan or a Warrior fan. <laughs> he, he deserted both teams when they were down on the ground. I'm glad I didn't wrap up the huddle uh, earlier because now we've reached even better peak content. Back to basketball, gentlemen. Um, and I've already kept you crazy long, Mark, so we'll go fast. Western Conference Finals. Who do you got? Well, uh, I don't mean to piss you off even more, but I got the Lakers in the West Finals and repeated. <laughs> yeah. um, how about who they playing? Both LA teams? I think it, I think it's going to be a repeat of that, but I think that the the Laker the Lakers separate themselves even more against the Clippers because of how they upgraded the roster this year. Yeah, but you see the Clipper. I mean, because the Clippers shit the bed at the end of the the bubble. Do you see them actually at least getting to the Western Conference Finals this year? Yeah, I don't think that they're going to wet the bed like they did against Denver, but they, they're not going to be able to match up against the Lakers. I agree, gentlemen. Clean sweep. L.A. Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Clippers Lakers. I think the dark horse team would be the the Blazers if they Agreed. can figure it out. Agreed. Do you want to change that answer two more times, MT, or no? I, I got to hit my over under. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your champ? You keep the mic, Marcus. Um, I got to go Lakers. As much as it pains me, I mean, if I'm going to put money down on it, and if Maddie Stats is listening. Uh, Lakers. I can think of one other person who's listening is suddenly happy. Uh, I unfortunately will also say the Lakers. Do you mind if I ask you a question, Bram? When you were watching games in the bubble, how much hate watching did you do? Oh, uh, 100%. What are you talking about? Were the Warriors playing? The only reason I was, well, that's unfair. Um, 8% was just entertainment watching. I love basketball. It was back in my life. I'm stuck in quarantine. I needed just to watch something. The remainder, 92%, hate. I, I found at least something to hate as it was going on in almost every game. See, for me, like for someone that has no stakes, I'm like the, what are the the Muppet characters that are always The old men? Muppet. Those two old men yeah. who like laugh at each other? Like, yeah, yeah he that, sucks. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's me. I'm just enjoying the show. But Mortimer is that, one of them. I, I want some credit for that. I don't know the other one, but I think Mortimer is one of them. Yeah, but I will admit, but like I was having these flashpoints. I'm like, oh my God, like what is Bram thinking about? I'm covering <laughs> game seven of the Thunder Rockets game. Like he was rooting more to lose, like Chris Paul or James Harden. Oh my gosh, like the Rockets are about to underachieve once again. And then, oh my gosh, you see the clips going clip. 
And then, oh my gosh, you're going to see LeBron winning a title. Like, what does Bram think about all these different moments? I was l- absolutely losing my mind. I love that you thought of me. If you ever see somebody making expressions in a mirror, you'll think of me again. And here's another reason you can think of me. The names were Statler and Waldorf. I'm Statler and I'm Waldorf. Mortimer wasn't even close so i was <laughs> definitely wrong there uh i uh, the lakers win it um it pains me to say it uh, but they got better i mean this it, unless father time shows up or they have some major injury uh, this is la lakers championship to lose the injury could happen right i mean there's that rule about you have to play you can't sit healthy players for nationally televised games and the lakers have the most so you know, Anthony Davis is a little fragile and he already admitted it and why he signed that contract. So if they play too many games in a row and he doesn't get rest and he gets injured, that could open things up. And they want to rest LeBron. I mean, they, they with such a fast turnaround between the bubble and the beginning of the year, I'm sure they're going to, you know, they want some, some, uh, some management here. Um, so we'll see whether or not that turns against him. Lakers, is it a clean sweep? Yeah. You know, I, I really want I really want Giannis to win one. And especially in a year where I don't think the Warriors are gonna be contenders, it's it's it'd be great for him to pull that off, but I just feel like the supporting cast around him pales in comparison to LeBron's supporting cast. Is it even fair to say Anthony Davis is a member of the supporting cast? I mean, it's just ridiculous that they're both on the same team. Don't worry about Giannis. He'll win one in Dallas with Luka. I <laughs> am sure. Let's get some quick hits out of the way. Maybe some uh, some important ones. And then we'll wrap this bad boy up. These all have to do with the Warriors, gentlemen. First question. Who will be the regular season leading rebounder on the team? I'll go first. I will say... Draymond Green, I want to give you Wiseman. I don't think Wiseman will have enough minutes. It's Draymond. Yeah, I agree, especially with the center rotation um, being what it is and how Kerr likes to kind of cycle people through that. Kavon's supposed to have a really big role on the team, so I feel like the five position is not going to get enough minutes to make that happen. Yeah, I agree. I think it's good good analysis. I think there's not enough minutes to go around. I think Chris and Looney and... Wiseman eating up each other's rebounds and Draymond ekes above all three of them. Yeah, I, I got Draymond because of all the, the reasons you said and, and Looney a, a close second. Who will have the most technicals on the team? Um, it seems like <laughs> the easy answer is Draymond. This is another thing I'm speaking into existence. I want it to be Ubre for a couple reasons. I want to see that FU in him, but I also want to see him be comfortable enough with this team where he lets his emotions out. Um, and that's not a guarantee. You know, he hasn't been here long enough. So I'm hoping it's Kelly. Yeah, I mean, I hear you, uh, but I'll tell you what, I'm I'm actually, I'm a little bit nervous about Draymond. We've seen people in the bubble have their play impacted um, by uh, contracting coronavirus. And, and I, Mark, I think it's wise to say, you know, it's it's not a guarantee that that's what's happening, but it sure is looking likely. If he takes a step back, in addition to already being somebody that maybe is not going to age as well in this league as somebody like Steph probably will, I think Draymond could get really frustrated this season at his own poor performance. Um, and that could lead to some feisty moments. 
You guys aren't going to go with Alan Smilovich? <laughs> My boy. <laughs> Do you know how happy that would make me? If, if he like, I don't, I don't even know why, but it really would. I would really enjoy if he had like a giant run of teas. I mean, it would show that he's he's uh, mastered really well the English language for uh, <laughs> two years. Um, <laughs> it, it seems it's, it's inevitable it's Draymond, even if he's not going to be overly demonstrative, he's still due for a few teas here or there. Last question, perhaps the most important. Where in the West will the Warriors uh, end up at the end of the regular season? Maxime, go first. Yeah, I want to be more of a homer. Um, maybe this is a homer take already. Uh, I'm pegging them at the seven seed. I want, I pause for a second because um, I want to be optimistic, but instead I'll be realistic. I think that if everything plays well, if Steph reaches uh, the type of level we hope he does, I still think they're going to have some problems with chemistry, and I think they're going to lose some games to start off, um, which is really going to impact their ultimate standings. Mm -hmm. Not because they're not good, just because lack of chemistry, Draymond's not there, Wiseman's not there, and they've got a brutal opening schedule. Um, So I will say, ah, I'll say seventh in the West as well. Mark, what's the answer? Man, you guys are down on your team. I, I got no sticks here, and I, I, I think the Warriors are going to be at six. All right. Uh, <laughs> when you said that, I thought you were going to be like third in the West. You're, <laughs> no, you're only no, one that's, step that's, ahead uh, of us, man. I mean, I, I will know. say this. Clay being healthy, I would have said they're third or fourth. In the uh, don't even say now, it. Don't you try to make I, me cry? Now I think they're six. I think they'll, they'll take it to six games, either against Denver or Portland, but they'll lose in the first round. Mark, um, I, I said it up front. Let me say it again. I look forward to your episodes, man. I really do. Um, I always have a good time. Today was absolutely the case. Uh, hopefully, you've learned how to use the word versatility. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure what you've picked up, but I can tell you that we really enjoyed you, and I'm sure that uh, we are not alone. For anybody out there who needs more Medina in their life, where should they go? I appreciate the kind words as always. Uh, I work for USA Today, so we got a website, usaday.com. We still we still deliver these things called newspapers. So if you want a print subscription, you can do that. Uh, social media handles, Mark G underscore Medina. That's M-A-R-K-G underscore M-E-D-I-N-A. And then Instagram is Medina Syracuse, M-E-D-I-N-A, S-Y-R-A-C-U-S-E. For us, it's easy. Um, We have a very small social media footprint. We can be found on Twitter at Warriors Huddle. Our uh, Gmail account remains warriorshuddle at gmail.com. Feel free to use that to let us know we did a good job, bad job, any job. And uh, with that in mind, go Warriors. Hopefully, we'll see you next week. Uh, last question, and maybe my most important. Did you see Jake Paul knock out Nate Robinson? I watched highlights, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was, I mean, that's, it was cringeworthy for sure. It, I mean, it was unbelievable. Um, does the fact that he got knocked the f*** out 
by a YouTuber make you like reevaluate NBA fights at all? Like I've asked you multiple times, do you think that, you know, could you fight this guy? Could you fight that guy? And what we may have just learned is that even though these guys are incredible athletes, that doesn't mean they can immediately fight. So let me ask it this way. Do you think you could last three rounds with Nate Robinson in the ring? I, yeah, uh, I actually do solely because I have a huge height advantage over him. Um, <laughs> and I feel like, you know, the distance with my punch would, would help. You know, it's weird. We actually have Nate Robinson on the other line. I'm, I'm going to bring him in now so that we can set up the fight. I hope you're ready. Good, good.